All right. Hello. Hello. And welcome. We're finally here. We're finally <laughs> fucking here. We did it. All to our one listener that's left. Right. Well, they've earned it. Yeah. You know. Uh, you don't get this magic at you know for free. It comes yeah. at a price. It's like Disneyland. Right. The price of admission is high, and that's waiting for a month for us to get our yeah. shit together to record. Uh, yeah. Uh, no excuses. Just um lack of planning and i can't really adult that well yep cool well you just got back from hawaii yeah it was nice it was they definitely hate white people there (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that's fair we covered that hawaii story i I felt like kind of guilty being there even then i was thinking like i almost changed my story well i obviously didn't have time because i kept fucking canceling but i kind of wanted to do just like talk about like over tourism in hawaii and like shit like that but then i ended up uh, we'll have another like that. wild yeah, card episode but yeah it was uh it was nice like kind of stressful like our first nights were on the big island and i didn't realize how big it actually was so our airbnb was like two hours from anything <gasps> oh shit. so we were literally driving like five hours a day like, oh my god how many days were you there like four days oh damn yeah <laughs> and it was just like well i guess we're here it was like nice and like pretty i think my friend hated it and she kept like complaining like it's so brown or whatever just because of the lava rock everywhere from like um an eruption but yeah oh my gosh um and then we went to honolulu and then it was like complete opposite like super city like people crossing the street like so much you can't even like drive like five feet without yeah so it was kind of stressful and then i wanted to tell you this i was going to tell you before the podcast and i was like well i'll just wait but um so there was like a day we were on the beach or whatever and they have like the umbrellas you know and usually they'll have you like rent them like Mm -hmm. oh it's 30 dollars to use this umbrella for four hours or whatever and there's like tons of people sitting under all these yellow umbrellas and there was like no one around and so I saw like the board or whatever and it was like some kind of company and it had like the umbrella prices on it and like all this other shit but no one was there so I was like whatever so we're just sitting under this umbrella and all of a sudden this random chick comes up to us like she's like in her bathing suit like hitting her vape has like a tongue piercing like looks kind of just like a chick that rolled out of the ocean yeah literally like she like looked like she'd been swimming and stuff like and she's like hey guys like have you paid for this umbrella yet we're like no and then she's like okay it's gonna be ten dollars and so my friend starts to like send her money on venmo or whatever and i was like who the fuck is this yeah that's what i was thinking and like she said it was ten dollars and i'm like looking at the board like right behind her and it says like thirty dollars for one hour for a fucking umbrella yeah and i'm like this isn't really like adding up and i was like uh and then she ends up just giving her cash or whatever. Like, I actually had a $10 bill. And I was like, well, whatever. Like, we'll just give her this. And then she, like, went away. But I didn't want to, like, say in front of her, like, accuse her of, like, oh, stealing I our money. Fuck yeah. I'd have been like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, that's how no. I felt. I was going to be like, can I see some, like, kind of, like, identification? But she had just, like, taken $10 from the people next to us. And then after she left, she went and took $10 from, like, another set of people. And then I told my friend, I was like, D- I feel like she kind of just, like, ripped us off. I was like, because we don't know who the fuck she is. I was like, that board right there says $30 for an umbrella. I was like, I'm going to go follow her. Yeah. I, dude, so, I would do the same yeah. thing. So I got up, and I went and followed her, and she just walks, and it's, like, this whole group of, like, homeless people. They're, like, all chilling. She has, like, an ABC food bag store, which is basically just, like, 7-Eleven, but, like, in Hawaii. And... 
uh, they're like talking. She's like hitting her vape. I see her like get some shit from ABC. Then she like gives it to her kids. Like her kids are there at the beach too. Where they're like swimming and doing shit. What the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, this like def- definitely ripped us off. And there was like a cop there. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, do you know who, like, rents these umbrellas and stuff? He's like, it's the people at the st- stands, like, they'll be in the shirts, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, cause some random chick, like, we asked us. And he just starts shaking his head. He's like, no, like, he's <laughs> like, if they're not, like, in the shirt or whatever and at the stands, then they're not legit. I was like, okay. So then I was like, yeah, she rubbed us off. Like, I told yeah. my friend that. And then she was, like, pissed, like, or whatever. And I was like, you know, like, whatever. It was, like, $10. She's like, I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get your $10 back. And I was like, uh. I don't know. She was, like, yeah, she was, like, going to walk up to her, like, when she's, like, in this whole group of, like, these, like, big Hawaiian dudes and stuff. I was like, don't. Don't do it. Like, wait. Like, wait till she's by herself. So then she, like, walks by herself. And she, like, goes up to her dude and, like, immediately just, like, almost kind of, like, Karen-like. I feel like when she's, like you stole my ten dollars like literally like just like that Holy and the girl's shit. like staring at her she's like i want it back ma'am or something like yeah. that yeah and so she just like opens up her wallet like hands back the ten dollars she's like for the record i didn't steal it but there you go you can have it back or whatever. oh right. which no. yeah i'm like why would you give us her money back and like any yeah they said any cell on the beach because it's a public place like you're, you're supposed to have a receipt and shit too which obviously we yeah. didn't get anyway she gives the ten dollars back and so then like Alyssa's all pissed or whatever walking back and she tells the people next to her, she's like, just so you know, she was ripping us off, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then the chick was, like, standing nearby, and she, like, hears her t- saying this. So then she comes up. She's like, don't be telling people that I'm ripping people off here on the beach or whatever. She's like, I've been here since I was 16. If you have a problem, call. She just, like, says this random ass number, like, 286-STARBOARD or something like that. Like, literally, I think that's what she said. And I was like... And then they're, like, arguing, and then this lady's like, you guys can go talk over there, because they're, like... Trying to enjoy their day at the beach. Yeah, and then I was, like, kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, they're, like, arguing. She's like, I'm taking this umbrella back. And Alyssa's like, go ahead, take it. And so then we're just, like, sitting there. She rips the fucking umbrella out of the ground, like, moves it over. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then, like, yeah, so then we're just sitting there, and she walks away. And she goes back to that whole group of, like, all the people who were there. And they're all, like, talking. Then they're, like, congregating. And, like, all Uh these people are standing in a group, like, staring at us. Like, they keep, like, looking over over at us, like, giving us death glares. And I was like, we are about to get, like, (laughs) fucking jumped or something like that. And then I was like, yeah, let's just, like, leave because this is the weirdest fuck. But we got the $10 back. And then justice was served, Laura. funny i think they were mad that we were about to like fucking ruin their business for the day or something i was like oh my gosh that was like literally 30 bucks right there that she got in like she probably does that 10 minutes yeah so eight times a day man and i'm pretty sure and then my friend like went up to the cop i was like dude he's not gonna help us yeah. like they don't, I don't care think he about these dumb shit. white people yeah so then she, yeah she tells him and i like walk up in the middle of the conversation i was like it's fine like it's just like some random chick yeah. we gave her the ten dollars he's like yeah he's like there's nothing i can do or whatever and then i was nice. like okay let's go like but yeah so i thought it was funny though but yeah. that's amazing dude you could have lived in hawaii doing that right? same thing you should have asked her if she was hiring um. <laughs> <sighs> i know that's what i was thinking i was like dang i should come here and just be like have you paid for your umbrella yet it's right dollars for an hour and not like a t-shirt with their logo just like a colored t-shirt yeah that's like the <laughs> same color you know right yeah um but yeah, pretty good swindling business. If you ask yeah. <laughs> uh, well, nothing is exciting for me. I found that big, giant dead spider. Yeah. In the house. It was crazy. I literally stared at that photo when you sent it to me, and I was just like so disturbed. Like, wow, that is 
so freaky looking. It's just huge because we got a new furnace. So like yeah. John's moving the furnace and then like there's this big ass yeah. fucking spider down there. And we're hoping it's only been dead or it's been dead for, you know, years. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> potentially. Isn't it one of those spiders that like they bury themselves or am I imagining? Oh, is I that a know. different kind? Because I thought the huntsman mm. or wait, are the huntsman the ones that build the little spiders? trap doors? No, that's a trap doors for <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know from arachnids. I thought they do something. <laughs> they die behind furnaces yeah. and scare the shit out of people right. when they find them. Um, but yeah, I showed everybody at work. I was like, look at this fucking spider. Because um, I had the dice next to it. Yeah. And it looked fucking huge compared to that yeah, thing. Literally. So. But now it's safely in a Ziploc baggie for you to take home. And, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, add to your collection of dead things yes. all my moths are dead except for one. Oh yeah because yeah. you like bred them you brought yeah. them into this world you're their mother yeah it was kind of sad though because since it's like their natural instinct to like fly off and find a mate even though they were all in there with each other like i had three separate tents like uh-huh. i felt like they had like enough room they still kept trying to like fly out and it's just like you know they're moths like that's what they want to yeah. do and so they, like, pretty much destroyed themselves. Like, some of them, like, their wings are really tattered and fucked oh, up. Oh, no. So then I thought, oh, maybe if I let them out in my room, like, they'll do better. So I let three of them out in my room just to, like, see. Yeah. And they fucked themselves up even more. Like, oh just, God. like, even worse, like, having more space. I don't know. They still were, like, flying into the ceiling yeah. and stuff. And then, Did you, like, like, try to look it up? Like, what the fuck do I do when yeah, my peop- moths are losing their shit? Yeah, people said you're supposed to... That usually people just will breed them and then release them, so it's not really ever a problem. And that if they do pin them, that you put them in the freezer once <gasps> their wings dry, which I just was looking at their cute little faces and oh. they're like, and I couldn't do that. And then... Or, like, you squeeze, like, a certain part of their body and it, like, kills oh them. And God. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm their mother. And so, yeah, I just... Oh, fuck. Let it ruin their course. Did you, did you get any ones that were good enough for pinning? Um, I think I'm going to pin them all. Like, I think... Because they all look okay, but they're, like, not perfect or as yeah. pretty as they can be. I'll have to, like, show you photos. But I think it'll still look cool. They just kind of look kind of, like, creepy. Yeah moths you know so <laughs> some so of them look works. really nice yeah the one that it was my very last caterpillar who i still have actually one moth he just emerged like when i got back from vacation because he just cocooned before i left he was my last one who i was just like man are you ever gonna turn into a moth and he finally did so <gasps> and he looks really great and i thought about putting him in the freezer was it like cons from a bug's life oh Do yeah you remember when he's like it's happening i'm about to fly yeah and he like, just has his little wings <laughs> yeah yeah basically so <laughs> but yeah he's so cute and then yeah that's basically all that's been happening with me hawaii and my bugs yeah <laughs> that's exciting enough man you gotta yeah. like see sur- sea turtles did you like touch yeah. a stingray no i didn't did you get any close to one oh I'm trying to think i think i did actually see one while i was snorkeling but i didn't like it close to it and sure. then i saw a bunch of like because i went snorkeling captain cook monument and i saw like is i guess like actually that drop off you know and finding nemo or whatever like oh. i touched the butt that's like what it's like based off of because it's like just such an extreme drop off where it's like coral all this like really beautiful stuff and then it's just like 
drops off like super deep black Whoa. like water Ooh, i saw dolphins freaky. like a pot of, pot of dolphins <gasps> oh like God. right there in front of me like while we were snorkeling it was crazy um yeah it was like cool but like tons of like colorful fish and like just like really cool my friend was like crazy or whatever trying to catch them she had like her bag where you keep your fucking like snorkel shit she's like trying to catch fish in it and i'm just like what is your plan <laughs> after this but yeah don't know just yeah. stick it back in your suitcase like that yeah it's i kept fine. preparing myself for if i like saw a shark or something but i didn't good for you man i'm so happy you're still alive yeah my allergies sorry i'm like itching my eyes my allergies are so bad now that i've been back and like oh, no. my eyes itch my nose itches i'm like dang i miss <laughs> hawaii and the warm weather and it didn't fuck with your allergies no i felt like great there they were like gone yeah and i didn't really notice it until i got back and now i'm like wow like so now your goal is to live in hawaii <laughs> because allergies yeah literally sounds good to me oh, that flight though oh my god was it a seven hour flight yeah well we were flying for nine hours but then we also had to change our plane three times oh my god and so like total like we left literally like leaving there i think flying there was better because we left and then we got there at, like 10 a.m but oh, cool. leaving because it's like the four hour time difference was like oh, so fucked so then yeah we got on i think our flight departed at, like 7 50 a.m but we had gone to the airport at like 5 30 mm-hmm. and we weren't home until like 3 a.m oh gross yeah, i'm dude. so sorry did you guys fly into denver yeah Ugh. It was so horrible. I thought my bag was going to get lost because we had to fly to Maui. And then once we were in Maui, they're like, okay, you're going to have to get your bag from the Maui airport, like from like the baggage claim. And I was like, what? Like I waited in this long ass line just so that they could like do this. They said that they could like connect my bag to all my flights where they just like transfer it, where you don't have to like leave the fucking like airport, go back through security, all that. Because they were saying like, oh yeah, the wait lines in Maui right now for security are two hours long. It was in the news and this and that. I'm like, I'm going to miss my fucking flight. Because it was literally like I had like two hours to get like to our plane and like everything. Like, yeah, it was crazy. But we figured it out. I was, like, scared they were going to lose my bag, though, because the chick was like, we can't do this. Then the other chick was like, no, it's fine. We can. And then they're, like, writing all this stuff out. Then they're like, you just type it like this. And then I was like, oh, my my God. God." Like, (laughs) like, kind of, like, training each other. And I was like, (laughs) But, yeah, it's fine. I'd have been like, well, try to make sure it gets back from Cleveland for me. Yeah. (laughs) Colorado Springs. Yeah. Oh, I got a little hula girl for my dashboard. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, super cute. I got, like, kind of, like, a, I don't know if it's, like, rude to say, but it's, like, a little fat, like, Hawaiian lady. Because I just felt like she looked so much happier and, yeah. like, cuter than the little, like, typical, you know? Barbie. Dancing <laughs> yeah. Barbie. She looked like a real Hawaiian, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But yeah. Speaking Sorry. of chubby people, I made 100 decorated cookies for a friend so she goes to this Methodist church. I have no religious affiliation. Yeah. But she goes to a Methodist church. And uh, when they found out about Roe versus Wade being overturned, she, uh, her and all the church ladies like got together and they were like, tea for equality or something. Yeah. So it was like a little tea time thing. So I made a hundred fucking sugar cookies and decorated all of them and bagged them for her. And then at wow. work, I got these like little mini uh cupcake things and donated those to her they were 
definitely i was hoping they'd give me a few for free i don't know why i thought that they didn't it's fine so it was like a hundred bucks to give those to her and i was like hey could i have like 50 bucks for something like you know just half the cost is cool for me for you know the the little mini cupcake things and then luckily i sent the the text the email text and she was like oh they can cover the whole thing yeah but i guess they ended up raising like two thousand dollars and donated it to planned parenthood oh, so i wow. thought that was really cool dang that's awesome yeah wow two thousand dollars yeah oh right it's like oh and it's a church too yeah. all right i don't usually you know, like that kind of stuff, yeah. but cool. You guys are donating to the Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Right on, right on. At first I was like, what? You make cookies for versus wages being overturned? And then I was like, oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not because I was so yeah. happy about it. Like, ha, I just made a bunch yeah, of ovaries. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I saw some weird fucking sticker on a car today. It was like a uterus, and then it said something like, cursed with a purpose or i don't fucking know it was like some really bizarre sticker oh. and i was like <laughs> yeah but i was gonna look it up and i just remember now that i never did because i wanted to like see, i couldn't read like the whole thing it was so weird and yeah things. yeah but whatever yep <sighs> well yeah i mean fucking sorry. it's okay no yawning laura god <sighs> damn it i know i that's why I was like, you know what? I've only been at work for three or four hours, but I'm going to leave because I'm yeah. tired if I don't <laughs> record soon. Have, yeah. We had a girl that went to Scotland kind of around the same time in Hawaii. So she uh, she came back. She was super fucking jet lagged. Yeah. She was very tired. It's hard. And then like a couple days later, accidentally ripped her toenail off <gasps> from her fridge. Dude. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I like we were like oh where's so and so and they're like oh she's in the I think she went to urgent care first and she ended up in the ER but yeah I mean it, it ended up being fine she's got it all wrapped up and it's like starting to scab she says and it just seems awful but she said she was like because I guess her parents are visiting um but so her dad was there and she goes like I remember like I hit it really hard and I was like oh god okay something's wrong like it doesn't feel right and then she was like, I thought I was going to do okay. And yeah. I was like holding myself together and I like looked at it and it was awful or something like that. Or I don't think she'd gotten to look f- to it yet. But then like she said, her dad walked in and then like a little kid, she was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my toe. Oh God. Yeah. Yep. And then poor thing. She's been on like some pain med stuff and cause it's like really throbbing and then it been like fucking with her vision and dude, it's like really oh going God, crazy her for fucking her. i know dude over her fucking toe and i was wow. like how sad you're like riding high from coming home from scotland like you've yeah. been waiting for this moment for years and then like you get fucked up the universe just shits on you and rips your fucking toenail off Yikes, yeah i've had some of my toenails fall off but <gasps> fall off yeah, like when I was um fell the fuck off. Yeah, when I was doing that, I guess it's like a thing. Like I think it was called like runner's toe or some shit like that. But when uh. I was doing like the bike tours and I was up by the incline a lot and was like kind of working out a lot and stuff, uh-huh. and I was doing the incline like when it was like twice a week, I would run down that hill like, and I guess my sh- like toes were like jamming into my shoe. And then, like, one day, I was just, like, undoing something, and it was, like, my toenail was black, and I pulled on it, dude. <gasps> and it was just, like, oh it was God. dead. It just, like, fell off. Oh, my God. 
and it was a really disturbing feeling like feeling like anytime like my skin or anything would hit against it it did it felt like nerves or something like I could just feel like yeah everything it was really bizarre because that's what they were in I forgot like on whoops sorry take it easy Laura (laughs) but uh so I forgot about the whole like the her toe was throbbing but I forgot is she like was getting these crazy migraines like right after she had done the toe thing and they think she just like had somehow it was connected to a nerve or I don't know so that yeah it just weird it went downhill fast for me (laughs) we were all so fucking pumped for her to come back Uh. and how was your trip and show us pictures and tell us all your stories and like she had haggis on like near Loch Ness Lake like so fucking cool yeah Yeah. Uh, um oh my god I know different places I want to go to Rome is my number one, mm. absolute number one pick. Yeah, yeah. I want to see the fucking Colosseum. That'd be dope. Fuck yeah, man! Drinking in espresso yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't smoke cigarettes, but maybe have a cigarette yeah. with me just to really be in the mood. Um, cigarette. My cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Well, hang on. Is that water? Yes, it is water. Owned water. Oh yes. Oh. Well, I bought what was on sale, and this is oh. what it was. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Veteran-owned, black-owned, woman-owned. I was like, I oh, can get okay. behind that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, I will be going first in hopes of waking Laura up. <laughs> <laughs> she is jet-lagged. Like uh, that day we recorded, and I was like... Oh, on the couch. Oh. <laughs> you were lounging you were lounging yeah. back dude i was like i don't think she heard a fucking thing i said <laughs> uh okay here we go uh so we did kind of wild card episodes this week because we thought we could get our shit together and record in time before <laughs> she left and we didn't as per usual yeah. so okay so i went ahead and did a texas story so i did the the new london texas school explosion Hadn't heard about it. Learned learned a lot, man. I grew a lot reading this. Hmm. I don't know why I said that. I just I learned a lot. <laughs> so this is, like as I said, New London and around like 1930s. Anyway, hmm. the Consolidation School of New London, Texas, was in the middle of a large oil and natural gas field. The area had 10,000 oil derricks on it, 11 of them standing on school ground. The school was newly built, having cost around $1 million to build. The school was one of the wealthiest... Um, in the school district as well as the nation, but a major flaw was overlooked. On March 18, 1937, the gas that was used to heat the school had leaked into the basement. One innocent flip of the switch of a sander caused the new school to erupt, causing the death of nearly 300 students and teachers. Wow. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. And dude, I'll read some firsthand accounts too, dude. They are gruesome. Trigger warning? Okay. <laughs> um... Uh, New London had been the product of an oil boom during the Great Depression. So just outside the oil fields was the town of London. Since the town already had a... So this is wild. It didn't really have, like, the town New London, but it was just called London. So I guess there was already a post office there that said London on it. So they were like, okay, we're New London. And that was, like, how they came up with the town name. Um, Within a very short amount of time, the area became some of the richest oil fields in Texas, and the school was its pride. Um, And just to show, like, how wealthy of an area New London was becoming, there was an oil man named H.L. Hunt that was closing in on making his first billion dollars in the 1930s in the middle of the Depression. So, like, not bad. Yeah. 
Um, the junior slash senior high school was built in 1932. The school was totally blinged out with some of the most modern equipment. People had been dirt poor not that long ago and had become like very wealthy very quickly. So basically like they just needed their land and they just like a lot yeah. of people's lives went unchanged, but they like got richer. So uh. Yeah. Um, the taxable value of the town in 1937 was $20 million. Um, the district property contributed to decked out properties like an elementary school, the gymnasium, um, and it even had a lighted football field that I guess was like the first in the entire state. No one else hmm. had a lit football field, but these guys did. Um but the high school was fully equipped with a chemistry lab, the auditorium, industrial arts workshop, uh, and it was also made of steel and concrete on a 21-acre campus. So, but the original plans, um, sorry, in the original plans, the architects had included a boiler room and steam system to be set up for the heating. The school board, for whatever reason, didn't want to use the boilers. Um, so instead, they elected to install 72 individual gas steam heaters to supply the heat throughout the building. Uh, the building plans never accounted for proper ventilation and no changes were made with the original layout, which probably wasn't the wisest choice. So for about five years, the school used United Gas Company directly to supply their needs of natural gas. But in January of 1937, the school canceled its contract with uh, the gas company and the school board made the decision to instead have a plumber tap into a residue line. Uh, the residue lines were considered valueless, so gas and oil companies would just turn a blind eye to the practice. Apparently, this type of act wasn't unusual for the time, even though uh, the gas from those lines were a lot less stable and might have other elements floating around in it. It like, it was just like a normal thing to mm -hmm. do. Just tap into the line. No one gives a shit. So it was made, the decision was made to avoid paying $300 a month, which doesn't sound like a lot, but today would be like a four or $5,000 oh. utility bill. So that is pretty fucking pricey. But at the same time, when you have like a guy making his first That's billion, say, yeah. like, like $4,000 or $5,000, yeah. eh, whatever. So when the school tapped into the line, the Parade Gasoline Company, of which the pipes belonged to, were unaware that of what had been done. Um, but honestly, even if they had known that the school had tapped into their residue line, like they would not have given a shit. Um, but anyway, so at least the tap was installed incorrectly and which led to the disaster. Unbeknownst to school officials or anyone else, really, the basement was slowly filling with natural gas, which was underneath the main build building of the high school. Natural gas is colorless as well as odorless. Mm. There's no real way to tell if it, uh, there's been a leak unless a fire starts. Um, so the only signs were that students had been complaining about having itchy eyes and throats as well as headaches, um, which I guess can be a sign that you're... Mm -hmm being exposed to gas. Um, but most of the teachers just assumed it was allergies and never thought like anything of it. I'm like thinking about my itchy eyes right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Heather, why are you wearing that mask? Um, so the bell was meant to ring at three 30 on Thursday and the students were being given the next day off to participate in the intergalactic meet in Henderson, whatever that means. I can only imagine like the eagerness to leave, like, when you had that extra day off yeah, that long weekend, like so excited. those yes. last minutes leading up to the end, like, take for fucking ever. And, like, all the kids are losing their shit, you know? So, anyway. um, Oh, and luckily by the time, like, the big explosion happened, elementary kids, school uh, age kids had, like, already left. Thank God. Like, yeah. it could have been even worse. So, anyway. There was a PTA meeting taking about taking. Oh my gosh, I can do it. There was a PTA meeting taking place about a hundred feet from the junior high and high school buildings. 
Uh, at the same time, there were anywhere from 500 to 700 students in or around the school. Numbers really jumped around like crazy with that, so that's what I'm sticking with. Sometime between 3.05 and 3.17 p.m., the shop teacher... Limmy Butler went down into the basement and turned on the belt sander. So what's unfortunate is that the sander was dubbed Old Sparky. Um, so as you can imagine, Old Sparky unintentionally lit up the 253 foot long and 60 foot wide dead space filled with natural gas. Um, so remember, this is the internet that I got my information mm -hmm. from. So they're not sure. The blast could have been heard anywhere from four miles away to 35 miles away mm. so big jump there yeah. not really sure but that's huh. what the internet told me um there was a methodist minister that lived a few blocks away and said the explosion knocked him and his family off their feet some people thought maybe because i guess like explosions just like out in these barren oil fields just like happen sometimes mm. and you just kind of like eh, all right the ground is exploding but they kind of, like, knew, like, this was a huge fucking explosion. Like, obviously something terrible had gone on. And then, like, I know you weren't here for it, but it was, like, the Texas City explosion. I covered that, too. That boat full of, like, oh. ammonia nitrate and shit. Yeah. Texas City, like, in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I've... I feel like I heard about that because I lived in Texas City. Oh, shit. Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, Maybe was 1940s, crazy. I think. Oh, okay. But it was just like, fuck, Texas is just, when they're not they're stripping away yeah. women's rights, they're just exploding. <laughs> um, so I guess mostly people remember is like the building, people say it looked like the building like lifted off its foundation and then like smashed Whoa. back into the ground. Large chunks of wall collapsed. Pieces of steel and concrete came crashing down on victims. Some died instantly. Some died later from their injuries. Of the five to 700 people in and around the building, less than 200 were able to walk away relatively unharmed. So the rest were not so lucky. And then these, I literally just copy and pasted because like, I, I spent the I read every single story and it was all fucking crazy but like I kind of got teary like yeah. I'd reading these stories they were so horrible so uh here's one Helen Sillick uh, I remember being thrown thrown up into the air like a toy looking around me and seeing that the parts of the building floating in the air with me I'm up above the school I think to myself I can see people walking around screaming I keep turning and spinning then darkness Another boy, Nathan uh, Durham, he was in the eighth grade. He now lives in Pasadena. A concrete girder came smashing down on the table in the library where I had been slunk down in a chair reading Moby Dick. Uh, I had gone to the principal's office earlier that day to see if I could switch my class to general science, and he turned me down, which was lucky for me. Everybody was killed in general science except one who was crippled for life. As I sat there under the table, scrambling to pull my legs free, I still had the denial from the principal in my pocket. When I finally got my legs free and stood up, I remember seeing the study hall teacher. Everybody loved her. She was calm and directed the kids out. Don't get excited. She was saying, don't worry. The kids were crying. They were in shock. They were walking down the stairway. Uh, where you went down uh, was to the first floor. Sorry, that was just like a... I probably let that go on longer than I should have. Billy Matthews. Um, she lives in Kingsville now. Uh, I had been shielded by my desk, but it was covered with concrete boulders. One boy was screaming, my legs cut off. We had been in a classroom on the top level, but the whole floor was now ground level, or just about, uh, when we landed. We didn't remember feeling or hearing anything. We just woke up, and there we were. One minute you're listening to a book report, the next minute you're stuck under a pile of debris. 
Uh, Charles Dial was in sixth grade. Um, I'd run home to get my band uniform and was just sitting down to put my shoes on when the school exploded. We heard explosions all the time from boilers in the field, but my mother said something happened over there. Um, I said, it's probably one of those steam buildings blown up. And she said, it's too loud. You get over there and see, uh, see about your brothers. Get. He actually put that get. So I started off towards the school and on the way I ran into my older brother, John, coming across the field. He was in rough shape. He said uh, he was in shop class and he has the teacher to turn the bandsaw on. And when he opened the electrical box and pulled the switch, uh, the electricity arced. I told John to go home that I'd find our brother Travis. I couldn't believe what I saw when I got to the school. On the east wing, there were a few bricks that didn't uh, that didn't get knocked down. On the south side, there was a little bit left of the building. The rest was all gone, flattened. The children were lying all over the ground. Uh, Betty P. McBride. Uh, when I emerged from the building, I made my way towards the front of the street. I saw a playmate's body covered in concrete with a popsicle still in her mouth. I went around uh, a car that was upside down and the wheels were still spinning wildly. When I got to the front of what had been the school building, I saw a man crying and holding a little girl's body as I walked, uh, as I walked along. I saw what looked like the child's brain, which had fallen out of the back of her head. So crazy shit. Yeah, oh um, so because of the area they were in, oh, I already said that. Sorry, I got like way ahead of myself. Uh, but anyway, it didn't take long for the news to reach the airwaves that something terrible had happened and children were dead at the newly built school. Luckily, the PTA meeting went relatively untouched in the explosion. Parents rushed to the scene in disbelief. Um, everyone in town ditched their jobs. They made way for the school, clogging up roads, but everywhere, everyone turned up nonetheless. The governor called in the Highway Patrol, the National Guard, as well as the Texas Rangers. Uh, martial law lasted for up to four days. I'm sorry, it lasted for four days. Um, oil field workers showed up with heavy equipment to haul off large chunks of debris. One boy said someone showed up with peach baskets so that they could collect limbs and debris to help oh, wow. clear out the space. Um, it took 17 solid hours of work to uh, clear the entire space, but the town was able to. So there was an estimated 2,000 people who worked all throughout the night to help free um, free people or to recover the bodies. Um, people were working so fervently and were in so much shock that some weren't even checking to see if the people they were pulling out were alive. They were just like frantically working to get anyone up that they could. Huh. Uh, okay, here's another story. Um, after I, oh, William Fallis. After I came to several minutes after the blast, I started helping the rescue workers dig out kids. Uh, right in front of me, there were three little girls wedged together. They had mortar dust caked in their eyes and noses and mouths. And all we could do, uh, I'm sorry. And all we would have had to do to save them was reach down and pull the mud out. Um, I knew the kids. One looked up and said, save me. 30 or 40 men were trying to dig them out completely. I watched them die. Later on outside, I spotted one of my best friends who was still alive, but it looked like someone had split his brains open with a hatchet. The rescue workers weren't always checking to see if kids were alive or dead. Uh, they were just getting them out. One girl was completely twisted around the poor thing. She was trying to cover herself up because she was exposed. Everyone was just working like they were in a daze. Um, there was also a young reporter by the name of walter cronkite that was the first uh, among some of the reporters to arrive so he said that he got his first inkling of how bad things were when he passed by the funeral home and there were cars like lined up around the building 
Um, he said, I did nothing in my studies nor in my life to prepare me for a story of the magnitude of that New London tragedy, nor has any story since that awful day equaled it. Um, it was the biggest civilian tragedy I covered in my life. Wars, of course, are another thing, but nothing else equaled it. We got down there, and it was one of the most ghastly scenes I'd ever, uh, I ever saw. Those oil field workers whose children were buried there uh, were sobbing as they tore away at the rubble with their bloodied hands, uncovering body after body. All right, sorry, I had to, like, catch my breath. Um, okay, so New London did not have a hospital, so every feel ab free available space had to be made into a temporary holding spot until transportation could arrive to get those injured help or, sadly, into temporary morgues for parents to identify their children. Each child that died, um, though, did receive individual caskets and religious ceremonies, so, like, they weren't trying to cut corners and bury people together and shit. Mm -hmm. Um... Within about 10 days, which was Easter Sunday, that, like, made my heart break to yeah. know, like, oh, like, That's my horrible. kids yeah. aren't here. Um, most of the bodies had been buried at Pleasant Hill Cemetery. Some said funerals were held about every three or four hours around the clock. Yeah. One Texas funeral home sent 25 embalmers to help just because. Um, as news reached across the country, FDR called the Red Cross for help surrounding hospitals were full up uh the this is this fucking blew my mind the news of the disaster reached world leaders including adolf hitler who sent his personal condolences to president roosevelt what? so like i don't know why that just blew my <laughs> fucking mind um so weird. yeah it's like adolf we don't need you no thank you <laughs> we're good without you <laughs> Um, of course, many wanted answers about how such a terrible tragedy like this could happen. The investigation done by the federal government concluded it was the new method of tapping into the raw gas line, followed by the spark from the sander. Um, parents had been unaware of the canceled contract with the gas company, as well as tapping into the raw waste line. So many parents, understandably, wanted to kill the people responsible. The superintendent of the school, W.C. Shaw, was essentially forced to resign and got chased out of town with talks of lynching him, Whoa. even though he lost a son, a niece, and a nephew in the explosion. Wow. So he, like, obviously yeah. he didn't see this coming. Um, but after... Everything that happened, no one was ever blamed and no damages were ever paid out to any of the families, yeah. which I think is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, so this lead to the, led to the first statewide law of odorizing natural gas with mercaptans, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, what are mercaptans, you might ask? Uh, they are a combination of uh, organics or this fucking kid. Organic sulfur molecules composed of carbon, hydrogen, and sulfur chosen because of their pungentness. I think that's a word. Hmm. My word document says it's not. <laughs> um, it only took about two months to pass the law, and an addition of mercaptans were uh, combined to all of Texas's natural gas lines, and the movement spread quickly. So many stents, oh my gosh, states fearing the same could happen to them passed their own laws. But today, it is federally mandatory to odorize the gas. That is all that I have typed. But I did forget to mention um, that, like, there was this random dude years and years and years later who was like, I did it. I'm the reason that the school exploded. I had gotten in trouble by the principal. He was in a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. I should start that out. Um, I was in the, uh, you know, I was a kid and the principal caught me smoking and I was like really, really angry. So I went down and I turned the natural, like I turned the gas up so that it could like waste the bill or something. Like I wanted them to have to spend all this money. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and then the school just exploded. So they were getting ready to like prosecute him. Like, okay, cool. We're getting the paperwork started. And then he backed out of a story like, oh, I just wanted attention. I didn't really, you know, turn the gas on that day or whatever. So, so yeah, Yeah. he was just full of shit. Um, It's hard though to say that, like you killed all these kids. Yeah. Like, why would you want that? Uh, but I guess there is like a new London, um, uh, museum you can go if you're in new london texas to go check it out and mm. i guess it, like it took until the 70s for people to like start even talking about it because some of the kids said like they were back to school in like two weeks Whoa. and it was just like it never happened the teachers didn't talk about it like wow. they yeah. were given nothing to grieve so it wasn't really until like the 70s that like people like huh. started openly talking about it which is crazy so here are my sources um the texas state historical association an article by Irvin may texas monthly an article by kate vine or i'm sorry katie vine um a times article sophia grant la times an article by william h inman cedengineering.com had this huge paper written by robert steelhammer uh history.com bpnews.com an article by david schley um organization by mrr.com an article by bob lambert and then l nlsd.net was my last source so um but yeah dude i did not realize i literally thought natural gas just smelled that's what i was about to say i thought it just smelled like that too i didn't know they actually make it smell but that makes sense because yeah otherwise your fucking school blows up and everybody dies so yeah i guess i there's no way to know like how many lives it's saved but it's definitely saved lives yeah so yeah it's crazy just took a bunch yeah like Uh, 300 fucking kids had to die that's crazy that i've never heard of that that's dude right some of these stories i'm like it it killed it should have had enough of an impact to make i don't know there's like so many kids especially like yeah um, yeah it's fucked so that was that that was pretty interesting girlfriend Okay. Ready to rock and roll. Yes. Okay. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> you Sorry can do if my it, man. story fucking sucks. I might be all over the place, but that's okay. We're doing okay. our best. Yeah. All right. So today, hopefully, you haven't heard the story, but I'm going to be talking about Diane Downs. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. In the murder of, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say like all of her children because some of them survived, but she had three children mm-hmm. in 1983. So, um. At the time, she was 27 years old, and she worked at the post office. She lived in Oregon and had recently divorced Steve Downs, whom she had married when she ran away from home in November of 1973. So I think she was like a teenage-ish when she ran away. Um, And apparently she had been molested by her father as a child, and it said like as early as the age of 12. And then her mom was like that type of person who just pretended like everything was okay, like, oh, we want to look like upstanding like conservative like family you know so um and then I guess like because of this obviously like as a freshman when she was in high school she kind of dressed like she was older she dated older boys which I think is just kind of typical and like I've heard like when girls like are molested and stuff like that especially younger girls just kind of like yeah fucks you up so um it's like kind of sad and then um, one of the boys who she was actually dating at this time was Steve Downs, who's who she ended up marrying. 
And in the story, I didn't write it down, but it had said that they were, like, dating in high school, and then they had kind of, like, split up and done their own thing, and I think she went to, like, some Bible college, and then she left Bible college, came back, and they ended up getting married. So, um, they had their first child together, Christy Ann, in 1974, and then their daughter, daughter Cheryl Lynn, in 1976, and finally their son named after their father, um, and he was Stephen Daniel, or at least I think he was, because it was, like, Steve and Stephen, so it seemed like he was named after him, but, uh, they called him Danny, so, hmm. um, and I guess, like, the dad believed that Danny or Stephen was actually the result of an affair, because she was kind of, I guess, like, from what I read, promiscuous, and kind of, they had, like, lots of problems in their marriage of her maybe sleeping around, so... Hmm. Um, and I guess the dad was, like, so convinced of this that he ended up, like, divorcing her. So, they got a divorce, and I guess her trying to find some purpose or something in life, she tried to become a surrogate, but she actually ended up being denied, uh, not just, like, once, but twice, and she failed, be um, and was denied because she, like, took, I guess, some kind of test where they test for, like, psychosis. And, yeah, yeah, she failed it twice, so, um. Uh, so I've. I did one of those tests. Yeah. I this is like so. I'm sorry. This is out of nowhere. I was a surrogate. It didn't work out, but yeah. it wasn't because I had psychosis. Yeah. But some of the questions they ask you, dude, it's like, do you hear the devil? Like it's yeah. kind of hard to like fail it. Fail these tests. I know. So that's even that more kind disturbing of that she me failed that it. She failed. Like it yeah. seems like really obvious questions. Yeah, like it's... oh, I'm trying to hide that I'm that not. I'm, yeah. You know, insane. <laughs> but sure, I hear the devil. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. That's funny. very rude of me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so it was around this time. Um, I guess she like started to kind of neglect her children. So she's gotten the divorce or whatever. And I guess she's like, she has her kids, but it just seemed kind of like she wasn't really like focused on them. She was kind of focused on like other things. She just felt like she didn't have like a purpose in life kind of thing. So she starts like neglecting her kids and she preferred the company of men that she was dating and often left her kids with her ex-husband their dad and um her parents and she would do this like with very little notice like hey i'm leaving them with you for however many days like here they are kind of a thing um and there was even claims that she would leave her six-year-old in charge of like the other two kids who were like Mm. even younger just like all by themselves yeah so kind of fucked um and so then in 1981 she ends up meeting this guy named robert or he went by nick knickerbocker and yeah uh they had like an affair um i mean she was single but he was married and uh this kind of just like whisked her troubles away she was like infatuated with him um knickerbocker apparently who was married um said that like it was kind of like i guess when he found out she had kids it's kind of like uh too many strings kind of a thing Yeah. yeah like he didn't want to be involved with her so he was like hey I don't want to, and it said, in quote, he had no interest in being a daddy, so he ended the affair. And uh, within two years, she would attempt to murder her kids in the hopeful pursuit of regaining his affection. Oh, no. Yeah, so in April of 1983, a month before the shootings, uh, she got a job as a postal worker in Springfield, Oregon, so they ended up moving there like just a month before so the shootings occurred on may 19th 1983 um she showed up to the mckenzie willamette hospital in springfield oregon and she claimed that a bushy-haired man had flagged down her car and then proceeded to shoot her three children on a back road 
in like kind of like a country area. Um, so her daughter Cheryl, who's just seven at the time, was dead when they arrived. Uh, mm. And her car was like covered in blood, apparently, from like what everyone said. Like when they went out to it, it was like completely blood soaked. Um, her other two children were barely alive. And her son, I guess, um, Danny, he was just three or yeah, he was just three at the time, was paralyzed from the waist down. And then oh. Christy was her eight year old. And she had, um, I guess, from being shot, suffered like a stroke that caused her to have some kind of like speech impediment and was just kind of like she, she wasn't like all there anymore. Uh, yeah. And so and of course, like Downs herself only had a single gunshot wound to her left forearm. And it wasn't threatening, like life-threatening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the detective who actually worked this case, and when he was, like, called to it, this was, like, his first homicide ever. So he said when he got to the hospital, um, he immediately, like, could tell that something was off about her. And he was claimed that her initial statement was that she had taken her kids out to a friend's house. As it got dark on their drive home, she decided to do sightseeing, which I also read, like, even, like, when she was talking to the media and stuff, she said that she was, like taking the kids out sightseeing even though it was like super late at night yeah oh, it's just no. yeah like super bizarre everyone like kept hearing her story and was like this chick is fucking lying so anyways um she took this deserted country road while the kids were asleep and then she claims that that guy was there obviously stepped into the road flagged her down um she said that she had stopped to ask what he wanted and his response was i want your car and she said, oh, you got to be kidding to me or kidding me. And then this is when she claims that he pushed her aside, reached inside to shoot her kids. She said that to, like, distract him. She pretended to throw her keys. He, like, I guess ran off thinking the keys were thrown. And then she got back into the car and claims that she raced there. But I guess there was, like, someone who testified in court against her. And they said that she was, like, driving so slow when they saw her, like, couldn't have been going more than, like, five miles an hour. Like, literally wow. just, like, crawling to the hospital. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Anyways, um, after hearing the statement, the police re released in, what is that thing called? Is it, like, an APB? Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Uh, for that guy, because they thought, like, at first she was telling the truth. Um, but then as like they're continuing to talk to her and like I think the doctor comes in and is talking to her, they're like, uh, we don't really know if that guy even exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hospital workers and investigators were suspicious of Downs' calm demeanor. She definitely didn't seem like someone whose like kids were like dying or on the verge of death. Um, and apparently she made like some comments that disturbed them. And then the doctor who treated her daughter, Christy, who would eventually, her daughter, Christy, would eventually recover and tell investigators who really shot her, um, claimed that she didn't even, like, shed a tear when he spoke to her, saying, and this is just, like, copy and paste, like, quote of what he said, but not one tear, he said. You know, she just asked, how is she doing? Not one emotional reaction. She just says things to me like, boy, this has really spoiled my vacation. And she also said, this really ruined my new car. I got blood all over the back of it. I knew within 30 minutes of talking to that woman that she was guilty. So, yeah, I guess those are just, like, the weird shit she was saying that was, like, freaking people out. Like, oh, my vacation is ruined. Yeah. Like, How yeah. sad for you. Yeah. So, um, her daughter, Cheryl, before any of this had happened, I guess had even told, like, a neighbor 
um, next to her grandparents since they the kids have been staying with them a lot anyways that she was like afraid of her mother so it's like pretty sad and then um, further investigation like just found like a whole like web of lies that this lady was kind of in um, she claimed that she didn't own a handgun but they found that she did in fact own a handgun it was a 22 caliber that she had bought in Arizona and they didn't ever actually find this gun but they somehow found like records of it and then they found casings from the murder weapon weapon with something called extractor markings which i think are just those like like the groups? i don't know yeah i think that's what it is like the yeah. thing like the gun makes when it yeah yeah shoots. when it spirals out yeah i had clicked the word extractor when i was oh, like, reading this <laughs> and then i was reading it and i was like it wasn't really making any sense to me i thought it was gonna be like oh when you shoot a gun but yeah it was like too much and i was like okay never mind whatever yeah, so giving up yeah um and then they also find a diary um that she had like written in and she was like obsessed with that knicker Bocker guy Knickerbocker. yeah and um she wrote about like how he was hesitant to date her and so they ended up interviewing him obviously and police said that he had said that she stalked him and besides the fact that i guess when she showed up to the hospital with her kids and they're like dying in the car he's the first person she called Whoa, which is that... really fucking weird yeah could you imagine like you didn't mean you didn't want any of this to happen yeah. and like yeah and you feel he probably can't how do you not feel responsible yeah, like, like i had no fucking yeah, i would have like at least psycho. gone i would have made something else yeah. up you know like i just don't like your face yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah it's written like a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> um yeah so she called him whatever she got to the hospital and then i guess when they interviewed him he said that she had been stalking him and had even said like i'll kill your wife for you like if it just meant like that uh like he would be with her and he said that she was like fucking crazy and that he was relieved when she said she was moving away so she wasn't even like near him anymore when she called him like randomly like in this hospital like it was just like she was still obsessed with him and like i feel like kind of like calling to be like hey my kids are dying right now i'm available now yeah (laughs) so fucking weird but yeah so um and then i guess he ended up like reconciling things with his wife and whatever had a happy life and was like i want nothing to do with this so yeah yeah because see what sniffing around other (laughs) crazy ass gets you um yeah so the witness who had saw her drive um slowly after the shooting only furthered their suspicions and then the forensic evidence apparently didn't match either what she was saying um there wasn't any blood on the driver's side of the car and there's no gunpowder residue on the driver's panel so she was arrested february 28th 1984 and when Christy, her daughter, regained her speech, the facts were clear. And they, when they asked who shot her, the girls replied simply, my mom. Diane Downs had tried to murder her own kids and had driven slowly to the hospital in ho- hopes that they would bleed out. And after all of that, um, they arrested her. So Cold, hard. Yeah. Age, and it was, it was nine months after um, the shooting that she was actually arrested. And she was only charged with one count of murder and two counts of attempted murder. So her other um, two kids lived, but her one kid was, like, crippled, her son, and then her daughter obviously, like, had to, like, um, it said, like, do, like, months of physical and mental therapy, even just to, like, yeah. But, so, after, like, the months of um, physical and mental therapy, Christy, who was nine at the time, because I guess she was eight when she got shot, nine when um, everything ended up, like, going to trial, all that, and so she took the stand and told the jury, like, what had happened and that her mom had shot her. And Downs was found guilty, and she was sentenced to life plus 50 years. Um, So, 
during all this too i guess she was actually pregnant during her trial oh like on her mail route she had like seduced some dude ended up getting pregnant from him how does she keep getting men to i fuck know her? fucking weird but yeah so she was pregnant during her whole trial and i guess that was something i read too i don't know like how true it was but that she kind of tried to get like sympathy to like oh i'm pregnant and stuff like but obviously it didn't fucking work yeah so um she gave birth between the verdict and sentencing and the baby was obviously seized by the state and adopted and had it has its like own new life family whatever now um and then they're surviving children eventually went to live with one of the prosecutors of the case actually uh fred huey um and he and his wife joanne adopted them in 1984 i thought that was kind of like sweet and interesting like a prosecutor adopted them yeah um so even in her parole hearing in 2008 she still claimed she was innocent and said, over the years, I have told you and the rest of the world that a man shot me and my children. I have never changed my story. Ugh. And it said that um, her first parole hearing, um, the uh, district attorney, Douglas Harsel Road. I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry. Salon? It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's Harsalon. Harslowed. Harsel Road. <laughs> it sounds almost like parcel tongue. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. What was it? what did you say, Harriet Parcel Tongue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mr. Parcel Tongue wrote to the <laughs> parole board, and he had said like Downs continues to fail to demonstrate any honesty, insight into her criminal behavior, even after her convictions. She continues to fabricate new versions of events under which the crimes occurred. She alternately refers to her assailants as a bushy-haired stranger, or two men wearing ski masks, or drug dealers. And corrupt law enforcement officials. So, she participated in the hearing from the Valley State Prison for Women in Chowchilla, California. And she was not permitted a statement, but answered questions from the parole board. And after three hours of interviews and 30 minutes of deliberation, she was denied parole. And they were like, you can reapply in 2010. And I think I had read something that she did, and then it was also denied because she's yeah. fucking crazy and just shows, like, no remorse. Yeah. Um, so something else crazy, she apparently escaped from the Oregon Women's Correctional Center. What? Yeah, on July 11th, 1987. Um, authorities said she scaled two 18-foot fences surrounding the prison. She climbed under a pickup truck and then waited several minutes before walking away. Uh, prison, prison officials later said they believed Downs wore several layers of clothing to avoid puncture wounds from the barbed wire atop the fences. Um, and then ironically enough she hitchhiked and like a couple picked her up oh fuck yeah and so they picked her up and i guess she had said like i need to get to a phone quickly because her boyfriend was in an automobile accident so they drove her to like the nearest town or like it was like a group of restaurants or something like that she got out went to a restaurant or something like that in the area and apparently she like called somebody or something like that and was like hiding out and so this was kind of crazy police who defend her. I know. Like, what person I know, dude. did you There's always to? those people who, like, write to, like, murderers in prison, and they're yeah. like, I'm in love with you, or <laughs> whatever. <sighs> yeah, so this is kind of crazy. Police went to her cell. They found a piece of paper that had, like, indentations on it. It was just, like, a blank piece of paper. Okay. And then it says they used an electrostatic process. The FBI did. Ooh. And they were able to enhance the indentations on the paper. And it was a fucking address and, like, map <laughs> of, like, a house. <laughs> so God, she went through all that. Yeah. She actually got out. Got to a town. Yeah. And <sighs> then literally 
fucking left like indentation papers yeah so oregon state police conducted like drive-by surveillance of this house for two days and then the state and local police served a search warrant on the house and they found her and four other men inside uh the four men were charged with hindering prosecution and then 10 days later literally just a short distance from the prison um she was found so i guess she was like literally like pretty close like whatever house it was what an idiot. yeah and it was only 10 days later so she received a five-year sentence like in addition to what she had for the escape and then it says that after this they had to move her to like a like higher what is it like security prison i guess yeah. yeah, so they moved her to New Jersey Department of Corrections, um, and in 1994, after serving 10 years, she was transferred to California Department of Corrections, and then while in prison, um, she earned her associate's college degree, and then 2010, she's currently located in Valley State Prison for Women, and I guess um, the author Anne Rule, that same chick who wrote about like Ted Bundy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. wrote a book about her called Small Sacrifices in 1987, and then... There's also a made-for-TV movie called Small Sacrifices. <laughs> oh, and it has, shit. Are uh, we going to watch that? I don't know. It has Farrah Fawcett in it. <gasps> okay. Yes. But yeah, it was, and that was from 1989. And then that's the story of Diane Downs. And then my sources were um, allthatsinteresting.com, and it's just like Diane Downs, and then Murderpedia. And I've realized on Murderpedia, it's like lots of, I think, different people's stories compiled, so sorry if I used any of those, but Murderpedia. And then um, crimemuseum.org, and it was just like the crime library, uh, famous murders, Diane Downs. Yeah, that was... Yay! Yeah, I thought it was kind of crazy. What was the name of that movie? Um, Small Sacrifices. Small Sacrifices. Yeah. Okay. Kind of fun to watch. My mom's kind of. named after Farrah Fawcett. So. What? Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, well, that was like fucking dark, man. That chick yeah. is crazy. I know, dude. All these the chicks who like kill for like men, I just find like fucking nuts. It freaks me out. Like I don't know how someone could do that. Ugh. Yeah. Especially like shooting your kids and like then like showing up and like the ones like paralyzed and just like oh like yeah one had to regain her fucking speech just to tell the police like that lady did it yeah yeah it's fucked up though too Mm -hmm. she like drove slow in hopes that they're like gonna die yeah it's literally like an eight-year-old six-year-old and three-year-old like yeah fuck you yeah well i hope she dies in prison yeah she looked crazy too if you see a photo of her yeah Ooh, okay I'll make sure that's yeah. the one that I include then. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, mine's just going to be like a, a building. Yeah. That's not an exciting photo. <laughs> I want some okay. crazy bitch eyes. Yeah. Know? She's like, I'll have to find that photo where I saw it. It scared me. It's like, it's like she seems like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and I thought it was kind of cool too because I was saying like, it was kind of like one of those cases before like the Andrea Yates or like any of those like really high profile, like it was like, that was like kind of like the first like where people were like freaking out about it but yeah yay that's a good one man we did it (laughs) we did it (coughs) next episode 2023 you'll see well we can do it we can do it in two weeks yeah yeah we know we can (laughs) all right all right when the next i don't know hopefully season of the witcher comes out (laughs) When Stranger Things no. <laughs> finally ends, we'll recap that. Yeah. 
Sorry, I know we're like wrapping it up. I just need to tell you that I watched The Witcher. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, I love it. Oh my I god. I actually didn't finish whatever this most recent um season was. I still have like one episode <gasps> or two. Dude, that's the best I one know. of the whole fucking I know. season. I don't know why I just haven't I've finished it yet. I watched that episode. Yeah. It's so good, but yeah. Okay. Cuz like, do you remember the words of our friend Ricky? She's still alive. <laughs> she said, "Oh my god." Henry Cavill is so hot. Oh yeah, I would suck a fart out of his butthole. I don't remember that. Okay, but, but she said that. Fucking yes, hot. and I remember going like, "No one's that hot." Yeah, no one is that hot. And then seeing Henry Cavill in The Witcher, I yeah. suddenly found myself saying, "Oh my god, <laughs> Henry Cavill is so hot. I would suck a fart out wow. of his butthole." Yeah, those bath scenes. Where oh like... my <laughs> god. <sighs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, call now. Who would you suck a fart out of someone's butthole yes. for? Um, we're going to start ending every episode with <laughs> call no. now. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, we're out of here. We'll see everybody later. Yep. Farewell. Right. Bye. <laughs>